Welcome to the Doctoral Mentoring Masterclass for faculty sponsored by Walden University's Office of Research and Doctoral Services. I'm Lee Stallander, the Associate Director of Faculty Research Training at Walden. If you're a Walden faculty member and would like credit for listening to this Masterclass podcast, please make a note of the code that will be given during the session and email it to me. I hope you enjoy the masterclass. Once again, I would like to welcome you to Walden University's fourth doctoral mentoring class. The master classes are designed to allow faculty who have been identified as exceptional mentors to share their experiences and insights with the mentoring community. Today's session will be working with community members. The purpose of today's session is to develop a series of strategies for how to create positive relationships with students, other faculty, and administrators. At this point, it is my pleasure to turn things over to our moderator, Dr. Lee Statlander. Welcome, Dr. Statlander. Thank you, Lita. It looks like our interpreter is having difficulty getting her video on. Would it be possible to get Absolutely. I'll hop up and get her situated. Thank you. Sure. So welcome, everyone. I'm Lee Stallander, and I'm the coordinator of faculty research training in the Office of Research and Doctoral Services. So let's introduce our panel members for today. These are our exceptional mentors. Deb Lewis, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, thank you, Lee. I'm Deb Lewis. I teach in the doctoral program in nursing and I've been at Walden for, this is my 15th year. And Mark Gordon. Good morning, I'm Mark Gordon. I'm uh, with uh, public policy and public administration program and I've been with Walden for 20 years this year. Wow. And Bob McWord. Okay, I'm Bob McWhort. I am the newbie, I guess. Um, I've been full-time for about six months. I'm the academic program coordinator okay. for the DMP program, but spent the last seven years just contributing. And most of my background has been as a senior vice president for uh, one of two health systems. Okay. Well, welcome all of you. We're so happy that you're joining us. So we're going to talk today about working with other committee members. So how do you work with other faculty? Let's start with it with the prospectus when like the second committee member is first assigned. How do you work with them at that point? Wow, um, I'll just, if yeah, you don't mind, I'll in. start off. Um, and then Deb and Bob, you can jump in. Um, one of the things that I have found that students like the most or they expect the most is that they have a, committee that communicates well with each other and with them. So that's like one of the most important aspects of their journey. So what I try to do is start off proactively. And that usually means welcoming um, myself as their mentor. And I invite them to look at my faculty expertise um, profile. And I might share some additional information based on their topic about my professional background. And I mostly um, ensure them that I'm there to support them. I'm on their team. I'm there to make sure they have a good experience and a learning experience. 
And then I immediately um, welcome the new person to the committee. And if I know the person, great. I'll even share something that like I work well with them. We've worked on many committees together, or I might pull out something out of their background that I'll mention in an email to the student to let them know that we're a team. And I'll stop there. Thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm just going to um, echo what you said. We were told not to make notes for today, but I wrote two words on a piece of paper, <laughs> um, communication and respect. And I think that's the hallmark of really getting a committee going and having some positive success. And that is reaching out and talking to those committee members and the student about what their expectations are, what their backgrounds mm -hmm. are, and where they feel they can best contribute. And then working with everyone according to their strengths. So I'm not inclined to be the chair who does everything and then hands it over to the committee member when I think the proposal is ready or the prospectus is ready. I want to engage the committee members in the process from the beginning, especially the committee member. Bob? Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with anything that was said. I, I, I think that the opportunity at the beginning is an introduction. They need to understand what the roles of each of the members are. These are students that are coming in. The program moves fast, and it's an opportunity for us to say, this is your content expert. This content expert is going to be engaged from the very beginning because I'm not. My job is to be able to organize and help get you moving forward, unless, of course, the roles are diff or have flipped. But in, in most cases, you know, you've got a committee member that brings a strength on that you don't have. And I think that that humility in the way you do the introduction is key. It lets them know that that person's not taboo. Uh, we have had committee members that really didn't want to see it until the first three seconds. Well, we fixed a lot of that. And it's about getting them engaged right up front. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we get into the proposal. Um, but I, I, the way the question was phrased was when the committee is assigned. I usually do not do that introduction until after there's been an engagement at least once with me and that student as their chair. And then I take off and get the committee member involved because a lot of times these students get assigned and they're inactive for a long period of time. It's mm -hmm. once they become active, that's when I start the engagement process because we already have, mm -hmm. all of us have a huge list in my DR right now of committees. And a lot of them are sitting back there, not active, especially if you're a member. So I really want to try not to pull the member in on a student that's not started to engage yet. So that's about the only difference right. that I do. Yeah, I, I would agree, Bob, that having that conversation with the student about who they are, what their um, professional aspirations are, and how I can help um, them achieve that is really important. But I do engage the faculty, the second committee member, if I'm chair or vice versa, uh, pretty early in the process. And I also communicate my communication preferences how we're going to work well together uh, as a committee, because I do have, have some preferences. And I actually tend to work on very early drafts one-on-one -on -one with a student. And I'll let the second committee member know that, you know, I do expect them their engagement, but usually the first draft or two are, can be rough. So I uh, do that. And also um, I'm careful if I'm the chair um, to uh, 
engage the second committee member um, in very specific ways. So I'll have very specific questions that I'll ask them to chime in on um, while we're shaping it up. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, as, as Bob said, and, and I know different colleges assign committees differently. So for example, the PhD, the student has the opportunity to uh, request a committee member and their chair. And that goes forward. The URR is assigned differently, but the student has some understanding of at least those folks and their roles and their backgrounds and experiences when they make those requests to have those folks assigned to them as their committee. So they know a little bit about that. But I think one of the things is it becomes somewhat individualized. And I think I was hearing that mm -hmm. in that, you know, you might have a student who has some significant issues. Maybe they're a multi-language learner and they have more writing right. issues. So you might work with them even a little bit differently where maybe you're going chapter by chapter and reaching out to the committee to support that. Or as Bob said, some committee members might say, please send it to me when you have all three chapters together. So again, it goes back to communication. Anyone have anything else before we move on? Okay, well, how about then with the proposal? So now the student has had their prospectus approved. How are you working differently with them at this point, with the committee member? I'll jump in first on this one. Um, I don't really see a whole lot of difference for me with the proposal. Um, I, I tried to, again, rekindle it. Um, I'm real big, I guess, because I'm coming from my outside of academic background. I'm real big on celebrating. So when the student gets their proposal, I mean, their prospectus approved, I send a thank you message off right away to the committee member to say, oh. look what we did. And that goes huge. That goes over really huge. Uh, if it's people like Deb Lewis, I call her um, because these are my colleagues and my friends. And I call and say, look what we did. Um, we just got somebody through prospectus stage because we of this team effort. Um, everything I've ever done in my career has been based on team. And so, I, you know, I, I'm real big on celebrating. Once I have that done, it's that's when I break ground. Like Mark said, I'll say, all right, look, we're getting ready to move into this first draft. I'm not getting the impression this is probably an A-rated writer. So I'm going to work a little bit at a time. And then I would share, like he said, my preferences. I would prefer that as we go through that first section, I'm going to send it to you just to make sure that we're in sync. And then if at that point they don't want to see section th two and three until they're done, that's fine. But I kind of let him know. I think as chair, you have to take a lead. That's your job yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big proponent of that, which is why I took this new position. It's you need to be in charge and somebody needs to be in charge and you need to tell them what your preferences are. And um, that way you guys are on the same page right from the get go. I think that helps when, a lot. I, I asked my colleagues last week in preparation for this, some tips and advice. And several of them said proactive communication, Bob. So that's what is celebrating those milestones. Great. That sort of uh, anticipating what that other committee member uh, preferences are and what they're going to want to expect or need. Um, I think that's great. 
And I can't help but notice the chats are popping up down here. And I saw one from Beate. And I think it's important to mention that um, respect for their time as well. Because mm. for those of us that are core faculty, this is our full-time job. But if you're contributing right. faculty, it isn't necessarily your full-time job. And so understanding, just understanding, um, you know, if they're on vacation, understanding things like that when you're communicating and expectations. We do have timelines and we do have benchmarks for that, but still working with people where they are. Yeah, I, I send friendly reminders and I'm very aware as a core faculty, a full-time faculty, that um, our colleagues have other obligations and, um, and respecting that. That's really a great point. Um, and I also... Incur and I hope my colleagues open the documents that they get or they log in and make sure they have what they need for the review rather than waiting a week and then getting an email going, hey, what am I supposed to be reading? So that's one piece of advice I would give to colleagues. Well, I will tell you something I do, and I think it's very valuable. A task stream is not 100% infallible. And so, and especially on the URR side, because sometimes documents go through multiple iterations before they get reconciled by the chair. And so I try to, when I send out my friendly reminder, also include the documents that they should be reviewing. Yeah. because the URR doesn't even get any. So they have to go back and look for them in the previous okay. review. And that way it just makes it easier. And I truly as a committee member appreciate getting those documents and saying, here they are. You don't have to go in and look these up. You can review them and then post your response. That's nice, yeah. And I, I think it's also important to, you know, as, as to where Deb was going, I think it's also important to ask not to assume you have contributing faculty, we're coming down to the end of a semester and you, we all know what that's like, the full court press, because everybody wants to get done or get it done before they go on break. Um, there are some that two weeks. No, I did run in a hospital. I would try to gear my vacation during that break. Um, it's asking, are you gonna be available? We may have an oral coming up. Are you gonna be available? Mm -hmm. And that way you can give real clear cut expectations, not only to that faculty member, but more importantly to the student and say, hey, look, we're going to hit a pause for a week because the person's going to be on vacation. Um, and I, I think that you, it's, it's the ask is important. I try to be very respectful, I guess, coming from contributing faculty for seven years and working in a rather busy job. Um, I, I had great colleagues, which is why I think, hopefully is why I'm sitting on this panel. I had really great mentors. I really did. And the program here at Walden that respected my time. They knew I was doing board meetings at night, medical staff meetings in the evening, and, and I was trying to keep a hospital from going under all day long. Um, you know, and it was just a I would take lunch breaks, I would take whatever break I could get, and we would work together. It was always ask. I was never told. And it was really good communication. So I think that's key. We've been talking a lot about like normal positive interactions. What happens if you disagree with a committee yeah. member? How do you deal with that? I'll speak for myself. Um, I, th I think that um, 
an email is the 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 least effective way. It is an effective way, but the best way is to pick up the phone and have a conversation about the concerns. Um, oftentimes, um, they aren't as grave as you may have thought in reading an email or vice versa. Maybe the concerns are even bigger than what can be communicated via email. So I think that's really important. And the other add to that for sake of time is you're not alone. Um, there are people in your program or school or college that are there as a sounding board. And I have used that uh, as early as two weeks ago. I'll go next. Um, it does happen that you work really hard with a student and you send that paper for it and the committee member um, uses lots of track changes to express different opinions than you thought you had. And I always step back just like when you send a manuscript in and an editor mm -hmm. gives you a review and you go, what, how can you say these things? And I step back and I read that and I really think about it because we all have, um, everyone at Walden that I have ever worked with as a faculty has scholarship and comes to us with a high degree of expertise. So I remember that when I'm reading those reviews. Yeah. It, it's really easy to want to defend your student if you're the chair because you've been working with them for a year to write those three chapters. And yeah. maybe it's the best it's going to be. And so maybe it, it needs some improvement. It usually always does. So I will give that person a call. I will ask if we can arrange a time to talk. And we'll talk through that and um, try to reach some agreements and also look at what they're saying. Because 99% of the time, it will make the paper better. So you have to be open. It's and right. It's I have drafted, e uh, Deb, I've drafted emails in response to feedback uh, from, from URRs and not sent it. And, and I've <laughs> the next day gone, thank God, because now that I've taken a deep breath, because like you said, sometimes it's been really painful to get that document to, to those minimum standards. <laughs> so. Well, I think the other point is we have to remember the student is at the center of what we do and they are individuals and they are not all gonna have the same exact type of outcome, but they do have to meet a minimum scholarly standard. And so- um, I, I, just saw a, I just saw a chat comment come up. I, you probably did too. I think the one thing is any disagreement between a faculty uh, chair and a member has to be transparent to the student. That is got to be something that's handled professionally with by us behind the scenes um, and try to get resolution. I, I'm a total proponent of the phone call. Mark summed it up incredibly well. Um, but let's yet you, you have to hit that snake that's in the room. OK, so what happens if it continues to be an impasse? OK, we always have the right as a chair to ask for a third reviewer. And I've probably done that twice, maybe three times in my my time here where I've asked for a reviewer. And guess what? One of the times I was wrong. The third reviewer actually concurred with the check with the member. And is it humbling? Yes. Um, and, and it's opportunity to grow. I mean, we're, we're as Deb said, we're all scholarly. I feel like I learn something every day. If I don't, I've wasted my time. Um, and so sometimes that third reviewer is not a bad, 
way to go um, and have them come in if you need to. It should be used very judiciously. But like right. I said, 99% of the time, a good phone call and what and, and humble yourself out. I do. What? I'll say to him, what am I yeah. missing? Tell where am I missing this? Why am I not seeing this? And, and so I had one of, of our senior the, faculty. Go ahead. No, Bob, I think one of the the difficult parts of bringing the third member is really articulating the issue that usually there's several. It's a, it's a sort of rank. What are the, the, the biggest problems? for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had URRs where I thought that, um, you know, the standards were, where we were wordsmithing sentences were like, well, we need to, we're never going to get there at this point. Um, but sometimes those people also have really great, um, other edits. Um, mm -hmm. so I think it's really right. important to, for that because we've worked again, if you're on the committee, you've worked with the student sometimes for a year plus, and it's hard to see it objectively after a while. I mean, how many times can you read it before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't mean to steal Lee's thunder here, but <laughs> the chat just keeps going by with some excellent points um, oh, that I was also thinking and you know, you can't hold the student up because of those wordsmithing preferences. You sometimes have to, uh, I, in the extreme cases, the, the committee member can be um, substituted with a new person. I have maybe had that happen. I've been on or graduated 150 plus committees and that's happened maybe once. So it's incredibly yeah. rare, but somebody brought that up. The other piece that I've seen multiple times here is some faculty members don't give any feedback. What do you do about that? What do you do about it? What do I do? I go back to them and and, well, sometimes I'm just happy to be honest. Like, okay, that's nice, but you know, sometimes you do want to ask about that and maybe clarify. Yeah, that's an instant when I I ne wouldn't necessarily bring in the student. I wouldn't copy a student on that. I don't think they mm -hmm. need to see all of the sausage being made on that. I would be specific in my in my request to that other faculty member and say, hey. Um, you're our subject matter or you're our methods expert. Can you give some more detail on chapter three? You know, really sort of press the point. Problem is, Mark, when it's in task stream, the student sees that the person gave no feedback. Um, yeah. When it's in preliminary draft stage, the student yeah. sees. And then, you know, if you see something, you want them to fix it causes a conflict sometimes. But I agree, never loop the student into these conversations necessarily. If you have that iffy situation, when you're when that student submits the paper, you're going to be the first one that does the approval that before it goes to the member. That's mm -hmm. the time to have that email or have that phone conversation and say, hey, look, I'm submitting this in preliminary. I don't feel like I am able to give the absolute expertise in section three. I really need you to take a strong look at this. Because yeah. we all know I have a couple of people that are on my team that I wear your check. I call them checkbox reviewers. They just check the box and I don't need a checkbox reviewer. I need somebody that's going to take a look. So I ask them, I tell them what I want. 
what I'm looking for. Somebody put that in one of the comments that was that resonated that, you know, communication is key. We keep coming up with the same theme, but I'll simply pick up the phone and say, hey, look, I'm walking into this one yeah. blind, especially if like if it's an OB situation. I'm like, oh, dear God, I have no clue. I think I've slept through that semester. But it's like, you know, I'm like, I need some help here. You guys have got to let me know. The lingo is not making sense to me. I know where babies come from, but that's as far as it goes. Can you take it? And a little levity and whatever. And they'll say, you know what, Bob, let me go into it. And you know what? I'll be surprised. I'll get a really nice response back in preliminary. And they'll grab it and they'll, they'll, they'll give me some robust feedback for the student, most of which the student embraces because they're coming from that same background. And so they're like, oh, I can talk OB with this guy and boom, 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 back and forth. And so it's ask what you want. Don't, don't, yeah. don't get mad if you don't get it. If you didn't ask for it, you got to let them know that this is what my you expectations know, are. And Bob, I've worked with um, relatively new faculty who were really not sure how much specific feedback was appropriate. And, um, you know, really welcoming that input. And I've, I've had just in the last few years, I've had some, developed some great collegial relationships with new faculty because they were unsure and they let me know like, hey, I'm not, is this good? Is this enough? And um, I love working on committees with these uh, two that I have in mind. <laughs> great point, Mark. I also find with new faculty, sometimes they overextend because they're not sure. And again, it's just a matter of talking to them and you find you become their mentor um, and their help through this because they aren't sure. So they can go either way. I would like to put in a plug for using that preliminary space and task stream as a way to yeah. keep those documents um, together for everyone to be able to look at. Yeah. That preliminary development area is really key. By the time we get to the rubric, we ought to all be relatively on the same page. <laughs> yes. So do you do anything different with chapters four and five? I'll speak for myself. When I work, my preference with students is to read early drafts chapter at a time. Mm -hmm. And then I'll bring in the second committee member um, based on their preference. Um, usually it's they'd like to see a pretty reasonable draft of the proposal one, two, three, or chapter four, five, after I've worked with the student. Um, that, that works for me and it tends to work with most of the faculty I work with. Um, I, I kind of personally, I, I find it easier to um, give detailed feedback chapter at a time and then look at it again overall in context mm -hmm. um, with the other chapters. But um, I find most of the, the work is done on the proposal stage. I find that the committee tends to have an easier time with four and five. It's a matter of presenting the, the data and, and drawing conclusions. So I'll stop there. I agree with that. That summed it up. I, I thought I, I agree. Uh, to go together like peanut butter and jelly. 
Um, they really do. They're, they're, it, it's something that by this point, you've really spent the time working with a committee member and you developed a solid proposal. Um, the only time I jump exception to that, Mark, is I am not a PhD. And uh, we do get a couple of our DMP students that are actually statistically far more gifted than I am. They're coming from a really strong mm -hmm. MBA program or whatever. And a lot of times then with chapter four, I pray that my committee members are PhD, which usually they are, yeah. or I bother people like Deb Lewis or others. And I'll say, will you take a look at this and make sure that this is resonating yeah. because it's, you know, I understand it because the one thing as a DMP, I know how to review uh research and make sure it's good or quality but i want to make sure that the statistics are resonating and, and ringing that's right. so that's about one of the only times i'll bring them in early is if it's something that's out of my bailiwick and you're very clear about that so they they know what yep. role they need yep. to, yeah <laughs> yeah i agree um i actually will tell a student to send we will send four and five to the methodologist especially if I'm not the methodologist as chair, just to get their review while the student's still working on putting chapter one, two, and three in past tense and those other little editorial things they need to do, we'll let the methodologist, whoever that may be, look at four and five and give feedback before we put it all together. If the student is having, you know, issues with chapter four, I or they're, they have a weird study or had something strange come up as they were doing it, I will often send chapter four to a committee member to get some feedback. Like they weren't able to get as many people as planned. And I want to make sure that everybody is okay with where we're at with it. I mean, I'll even send it to the URR and, you know, are you okay with this before we move forward? And I find it does really save a lot of time in the end. It's yeah, a great example. Yeah. That is excellent. Yeah, with COVID, we sure definitely got into yeah. it on the nursing side. We had to regroup constantly. People getting shut out, not able to get into their project. We had to get creative. And that was one was, let's pull in the whole, let's get the committee together to work on it. That Yeah, COVID made us really, one of the strengths out of this whole mess was that, is that we had to learn to be able to move on our feet and be creative, very creative, to meet things in the healthcare arena. And Walden does have, uh, I know some of the schools have their own methods experts, but Walden also has methods experts that can be brought in um, to, to review things and mm -hmm. um, help the committee come to some conclusions. <laughs> Absolutely. And our methodologists are great, so. Yeah, they really are. They're 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 their approach is to be helpful, mm -hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is a really great start. <laughs> and they don't make people feel stupid. You know, it's not like, why didn't you know this? You should be able to do this. <laughs> but no, they always make you feel like they're part of the team and they're trying to help. That usually uh, always happens with the mentoring course level. Um, I can't remember the companion courses that are going on now or in nursing. Mm -hmm. We called it 8551, um, but it's being replaced by the companion courses. Those are excellent times to send them to the methodologist when they're thinking about their perspectives and pulling it together. And uh, when you first meet them as chair, sometimes I will definitely send them to the methodologist and send them to the statistician. 
Very good. Well, we have a few minutes. Let's see if we have any questions. You should, if anyone would like to, you should be able to unmute if you'd like to ask a question. We seem to be getting a lot of questions about the new research review panel stuff. I'm not familiar enough to even be able to answer questions on that. So I'm I'm not going to. So um, I know it's coming, but I'm I don't know enough details yet. Would anyone like to unmute and ask a question? The code for this master class is Heidi twelve sixteen. We'll let people think about it. Um, and if so you raise, you, yes. you can raise your hand to unmute, and I will unmute you. I don't know if they can do it on their end. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Lee. of course. So while we're waiting. Um, what advice would you give a new faculty member that is working with committee members? One is um, to, to be active, to be deliberate in building and earning trust. So I, I work with committee members that I've worked with for years and we've built that trust over time, over several conversations over the years. Um, within different contexts. So I, I would say just one of my pieces of advice is to find joy in the teamwork that you can create around student work. Um, I've, I've, I have lifelong friends because of Walden and because of dissertation committees, go figure, um, and, uh, and, and continue to create new relationships with new faculty that I work with um, that I really value. Absolutely agree. I, I love working with my colleagues and with the students and helping the students meet their goals. Um, most everyone is just so open to working with our students and it's always just a very positive working relationship. Sometimes you have to get over those little bumps, but you do that through yeah. meeting with people and um, you know, sharing about yourself and sharing about where you came from and learning about them. And, and Mark is right. You make lifelong friends doing this. I agree. I think it's a continuum, though. I think we have to understand that we have some committee members that have been with Walden for 20 years. Right, Mark? And then we have some that have been with Walden for 20 minutes, and this is their first assignment. Okay, so there's also a mentoring role in that. Um, you know, making sure they understand the minimum standard rubrics, what, what's included in that. I saw one of the questions, because I am nosy, I went back, you know, talking about how students uh, will challenge against the checklist. The checklist is, is, is simply a guide, and we, we need to make sure we're educating our committee members on that. But I, I take that role on real serious. I, I do my research on my committee member when it's assigned. You know, we talked early on about the prospectus, Lee, and one of the things we said, well, I said was that I really don't make contact until the student starts to engage. I do do my homework, though, on my committee member colleague. I want to know a little bit about him. I talked to the um, program coordinators in charge of assigning. Tell me about this person. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to find out what's their strengths, what kind of background do they come from? 
because you need to know that. Um, and then if they're, they're brand new, it's, it's what a great opportunity to, to do some mentoring um, and, and, and begin to help develop that person um, along with you. I don't think we do enough. I, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this program, but I think the shat, uh, to me, I'm a big shadowing person. I did it at the hospital. I, I think that, you know, when you have somebody with their very first committee, I have a new staff member on the executive, the DMP executive. And she's like, I'm really nervous about taking. I said, I'll ride with you. She goes, you're kidding me. No, I'll ride with you. And, and I have, I, I've stayed with her and she's now like basically dismissed me because she's comfortable. She's got, it. you know, it's like giving the teenager the keys and saying, okay, now you're ready to get, well, they're never really ready in your mind. They're ready in theirs and they know when they're ready. And she took off and she's just getting ready to graduate her first student. I don't know if I'm more proud than she is because of what she did and she grabbed it. But I think it was okay to say, I'm going to emulate into that class and, and I'm going to work with you a little bit. You can share your emails with me and we can, we can talk. I think there's a huge role in that, but and you don't have to be a program coordinator. We did it as contributing faculty um, with each other. Uh, I think that, that if you've got an expertise in something and you're comfortable in it, you should share, share that skill set with them. No doubt about it. Nice. We do have a question. Um, Joan, I think you should be able to unmute now. Okay. I think I'm unmuted. Let's see. Yep, you are. Go ahead. Oh, perfect. Hi. I, I just wanted to say that I really thought these were very, this is one of the best sessions I've heard. I haven't heard them all, but this was so very practical that, that I think that you should make a list of some of your points and uh, and distribute it uh, or put it on the doc sharing sites or something for faculty or instructions because it was really very valuable. Um, I, I think that uh, was really great to give us such practical information. And I also wanna say a shout out to our signing today because I think that's another way that we are showing that we're inclusive of people with varying abilities. And I think that's a really key point also that when we reach out to students with different abilities, that is something that we, if we tune into it, I mean, I think you really made the point that every student is different and taking that time with each student to tap into their abilities seems to be a really key way to go. Great job, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you, Joan. And one of the, as you were speaking, one of the things that came to my mind was we have to assume the best of our students and our colleagues. Oftentimes, uh, you know, we communicate through the type word. We aren't always on synchronous conversations with them. I think the my sort of parting advice is assume the best exactly. <laughs> and go from there. <laughs> yes. I, I agree, Mark. I think that's, that's incredibly well said. But I have to do something because, like Mark said, we made friends along the way. And through this process, mm -hmm. I have a new friend in Mark. Mark, out of the complete disclosure, Joan is that person that I go to who assigns our committees so that I can get my research done on committee members so that I'm stronger when I get them on the phone. So we're very blessed. I'm hoping all the other programs have a Joan Han because <laughs> it makes it makes my job so much easier yeah. to be able to pick up the phone and call her and say, tell me about Deb Lewis. I mean, I know she gives a lot of bees, but other than that, what does Deb Lewis bring to the table no. that she can help me with? And uh, my, yeah, my guess is most of the programs, if not all of them, have uh, people that make these assignments and 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 approve the assignments are 
they know yep. the faculty, they know their strengths, yep. they know. Yeah, you do. I would say Walden does a really good job with that. They do. I'm going to go now. Bye. Bye, Joan. <laughs> thank thank you. you, Joan. And I do want to mention that we are putting together a packet of all of the comments and suggestions that people have made in all of these master classes. So we will have that as a little book when we're done. So thank you. So we are pretty close to being out of time. Would anyone like to have any final comments they'd like to make? I would like to say thank you, Lee, for all your hard work on putting these master classes together. I think I've attended a few of them. I think they're amazing. And I'd like to say nice to meet you, Mark. I feel like I have a new colleague. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wonderful. Thank you, everybody. You have been Bob and Lee. Bob, any last comments? To this was a total pleasure. I like I said, I pinch myself every day that I sit in this position at Walden. I do. I, I've said this a thousand times and my kids are tired of hearing it. This is the greatest team I've ever worked with. If I could have had a team like this running a hospital, healthcare would be a whole lot different. Um, the communication here, the trust, the professionalism, um, it is an honor to come I say come in to work every day, but to come into my office and, and sit and be part of this. And we get to grow the future. And so honoring our students every day, putting the students first, as Deb said, and like Mark said, making sure that we look for the best, we get we look at the best that the student has to bring. That's the key to all this. They'll they'll rise to the occasion. You just have to give them the tools and you have to challenge them. Well said. All right. Thank you. Thank you to our panelists. You guys were wonderful. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Office of Research and Doctoral Services. Our music was by Excel Music Publishing, licensed under Creative Commons.